Hello, everyone, and welcome back to Double FM Sports. I'm Ethan Fager. And I'm Jair Mizrak. And no, this is not an interview. This is actually, if, if you guys remember these, a, a news podcast. It's I, I we, we, we were just talking about it before. We don't know the last time we did a news podcast, but, you know, we had some extra time on our hands. So we were like, hey, let's 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 see what's going on in the sports world today. And yeah, JR, um, how are you feeling about this? I mean, I would say it's certainly been since probably before summer, which if you can imagine was a couple months ago at this point, and then the couple months of summer. So we're probably coming up on half a year and this is really where the podcast started. So we're going back to our roots. Um, and I'm excited about it. You know, we are in that wonderful time of sports where all four major sports leagues, plus the MLS plus world soccer, not to mention the world cup, but we'll, uh, we'll touch on that in a later episode you know, all of it's happening right now. There is a little bit of everything, whether it's the World Series, the start of the NBA, the start of the NHL. So, you know, I'm excited to get into it. I think we said that we want to start off with the NFL. There's a few things that we want to talk about. So, you know, which of those three things do you want to start with? I mean, I guess we can talk about, let's just talk about the standings first, and then we can kind of get into specifics about teams and all that. So, if we're looking at the um the good old NFL standings, I'm gonna go to my famous Yahoo Sports app to, Which to look. We at all know is not reliable. No, they're reliable with standings. I think, I hope. <laughs> um, and and I will say, Jr., there there are a couple shocks this year. I would agree with you. I think there are definitely some teams, uh, for better or for worse, that are, you know, not where I expected them to be. I mean, look the. Every team in the state of New York has a winning record. I, I I can't tell you the last time that's happened. I mean, not to mention the fact that they have, what, six combined losses between the three of them? Yes, yeah, because Buffalo has one. So Buffalo's six and one, the Jets are five and three, and the Giants are six and two. I mean, and, it's, that, that's crazy. And that no, is this crazy. is not an April Fool's prank. April Fool's prank. This is actual actually happening. The the Giants and the Jets have winning records. I I don't I don't know what world we're living in, but it 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 happened, I guess. I mean, hey, and but power to them. I mean, each team, you know, I, I think the Bills that that's not too surprising. I think a lot of people have them as the Super Bowl contender, you know, MVP contender Josh Allen. They've got a great team. The Giants, I think, of those three are the most surprising. And I know that's maybe a little bit of a hot take with the fact that, you know, the Jets were just as bad last year. But I think the Jets team, at least on paper, I think people kind of saw it as a little more promising than past years. The Giants team, what what changes did they really make? They got rid of James Bradbury and sure they brought in a Dory Jackson. But for the most part, that's the same team as last year. Well, not not so because of the head. Wait, is the head, Brian Dable's the new head coach, right? I mean, I guess you are right. There is a head coaching change, but still, I mean, player personnel wise, you're looking at a team that was, you know, not not very good last year, quite frankly. And you know, they are sitting third in the NFC East because of how strong that conference is, which sounds really really weird to say because I feel like everybody makes fun of them the past, you know five six seven eight years because of how weak that conference has been but they're sitting at six and two and it's you know it's a great time to be a new york sports fan indeed it is now this is a kind of a question i wanted to lead into 
I believe this is one of Daniel Jones's final year on his contract. Now, do you re if you're the Giants GM or the Giants coach, are you resigning him based on this year? I don't know so how you can. I really don't know how you can. I know that maybe he's not the guy that you sit there and you go, yeah, this guy, Daniel Jones, he's winning us a Super Bowl. I don't know if he's that guy, but you can't not re-sign a guy after the leaps and bounds that he's made this year. I mean, he's got more rushing yards than Lamar Jackson, I'm pretty sure. Nobody's ever thought about cutting Lamar Jackson. Sure, yeah. it's not the Ravens. You know, sure, he's not as athletic as Lamar Jackson, in my opinion, at least. I, I guess maybe others would disagree, but he's proven this year, at least, that he can throw the football. He's proven this year that he can run the football. And, you know, he's he's got his team to a winning record and quite possibly a playoff spot in the near future. Right. And, you know, through eight games, his stats don't jump out. I mean, six touchdowns, two interceptions, but that's the key, two interceptions. He's not turning the ball over. He's keeping them. He's managing the game for them, and he's getting them those much-needed wins, I think. So who knows? Maybe they will resign him. And I think, you know, Saquon, um, um, he's he's healthy this year, So and that's obviously been a real help. They're, they're fourth in the league in rushing yards per game at 160. So that's that's really what, what's getting the – it done for the Giants. Yeah, I mean, you do you do bring up a good point there. I mean, Saquon Barkley went healthy, probably a top five back in the league, right? I would say. I think so. Yeah. Yeah. So you know he's got about eight hundred yards this season, and then you got Danny Dimes, who you know his nickname is Danny Dimes, and that means throwing. Right. But three hundred fifty yards on the ground plus three touchdowns. You know the two of them have a thousand hundred yards pretty much together, and. Who's going to stop that? Yeah, well, fair enough. But as we did mention, the NFC East is very strong, and we still have an undefeated team through eight games, and that is the Philadelphia Eagles. I don't know if people are expecting that one. I mean, I I, I certainly wasn't, but, I mean, and JR, if you look at the rest of their schedule, I, th there is a shot here. They could go undefeated. I sure think hope so? not. I, I sure hope not. I don't think – a lot of people are comparing this to, and I, I don't I don't mean to bring this team up, the, the 2020 Steelers. They were 11-0. They were playing a lot of teams that they should have beaten. They were beating close games, and then they kind of blew it at the end of the year. A lot of people are saying that might happen to the Eagles. Will it happen? I don't know. But I mean, it's tough to say. It hurts. They're a good team. You know, Jalen hurts. I Arguably, it's time to put him in the uh, MVP conversation for what he's doing for that team. You know, maybe he doesn't have the greatest stats, you know, this season, but he's got his team at 8-0. The only thing that does slightly worry me is the amount of close wins to teams that I wouldn't say should be competing with them. One being week one with the Lions, um, and then another one was back-to-back -back wins that were a touchdown win against the Jaguars and then a field goal win against the Cardinals. And, you know, it hurts to say as a Cardinals fan that the Cardinals win is not that impressive, but, you know, they have unfortunately been lackluster this year, in my opinion. And it was on a missed field goal. That game didn't go to OT. Um, and then you pair that with the Texans win last night. I wasn't super convinced by that. I mean, through halftime, I think I saw that it was, 14-14, right? Like uh, yeah, close game. Like yeah, yeah, it was, yeah, I mean, 
and obviously the Texans, like, I'm just going to, like, they're not, they're not a good team at all. Like they're, they're probably one of the, if not the worst team in the league. Yeah. I mean, they're sitting at one. Damian Pierce ran 140 yards against that Eagles defense. I don't know. I'm, I'm, and they didn't even have Brandon cooks because I, I, he wanted to be traded. He didn't get traded, blah, blah, blah. We'll talk about the trade deadline a little bit, but. I mean, I would say that I don't think the undefeated season will happen. I think that Eagles fans should almost pray that the undefeated season doesn't happen because I would be a little worried about going into the playoffs undefeated. Right. I think, I think if, if you want, if, if you want to win the Super Bowl, you, I think you should take a loss in the regular season. That way you can like see what like losing feels like. And then like, I don't know, you, you can have a little bit of adversity come back from it. And then you know how to deal with adversity because you really haven't. I mean, you've had some close games, but like you haven't lost. So you haven't had too much adversity to deal with. Yeah. And I mean, we are only halfway through the season. There's a whole nother, you know, slate of games. So I think it's bound to happen. I don't know who to. I mean, they do play some decent teams. They do play some bad teams. You know, it could happen to the Titans. They play the Giants twice. We just spoke so highly of them. So they have to go and play in Dallas. Yeah, I, I think it's bound to happen. I, I think yeah. that they will eventually lose. I think so, too. Um, anything else standings-wise? I mean, there, there's uh, two teams. There's two teams that I think we should actually. I'd say there's three teams that I think we should talk about. Uh-huh. Honestly, maybe even four. Okay. Um, the first one I want to bring up is the Raiders, who are sitting at two and five, the bottom of the AFC West. If you yeah. had told me that the Raiders were the team that had the worst record in that, you know, that division, I wouldn't have told you you would be wrong. But two and five. I don't think anybody could have guessed that, especially I mean, with the acquisitions. I mean, if we're being honest, the AFC West has kind of been a letdown as a whole this year. I mean, the Chargers are only four and three, the Broncos are three and five, and then the Raiders are two and five. Chiefs are five and two. The Chiefs are playing pretty well, but like the AFC West was supposed to be the best conference in football, and I mean, they're they're clearly not showing that right now. Yeah, I mean, the Raiders have underperformed. I don't think we should get into it because I could probably talk about it for a whole 15 minutes, but Russell Wilson has not been that guy. Um, That guy, pal, not this year, no way. And the Chargers, you know, they're above 500, but I think they probably would have been going into this year as, you know, the least hyped up team in that division, which, you know, it's crazy to say because they are by all means a good team. You know, they were on the brink of a playoff birth last year i believe so i mean they're a good team but i didn't see that coming um flipping the script there are two teams in the nfc that we haven't talked about yet that have records that i would have never guessed first off the minnesota vikings six and one hey one look at that and you know we'll, we'll get into it here really soon i think but just traded for a top tight end and TJ Hawkinson at the deadline. I mean, Minnesota's making that push. They are making that push. And the other team, I don't know which, I mean, there's a couple ways, but Russell Wilson's former team, Seattle's sitting at five and three. Geno, it's Geno Smith season, I guess. Hey, and as a West Virginia student, I love to see it. I absolutely love to see it. Um, what, was his, what was his quote? Like, it was uh they wrote me off, but I didn't write back. And yeah. as as many can imagine, 
West Virginia students went wild with that one. Quite arguably my favorite quote of the year. Um, yeah, he's doing his thing. I mean, he's, he, he legitimately is one of the best statistical quarterbacks in the league this year, without a doubt. A hundred percent. I agree. And I was going to mention that there are two of the top quarterbacks in the league that are currently sporting three and five records. That would be the Buccaneers and the Packers. I mean, I'm a little less shocked by the Packers because they traded Devontae Adams. Aaron Rodgers has no help basically in the wide receiver room. So I'm giving him more of a little bit more of a free pass, but Tom Brady, I mean, with that offense, like Chris Godwin, Mike Evans, all those guys, Leonard Fournette, and you're still at three and five. I mean, you lost to the Steelers. You lost to the Steelers with the, like a terrible secondary. You know, I wanted to bring those two up, and I, I am glad that you did because I think they are, you know, talking points to just, you know, bring up how kind of unexpected this season has been. But I will say, you know, Tom Brady's stats won't show it, but I don't necessarily think it's his fault. I really actually his stats are pretty dang good. 2300 yards, nine touchdowns and a pick. You know, I I really think the fact that one his rush offense is unbelievably awful. Not even 500 yards on the year. And then, you know, Godwin's been out for a game or two. Evans has been out for a game or two. You know, Julio has only played 3 games. He was supposed to be the, you know, that third guy and as good as Mike Evans has been, I feel like he's kind of underperformed this year. He has not quite been the Mike Evans that I was expecting. And he's dropped a couple of important balls. So, yeah, Tom Brady, he is the quarterback who's going to get blamed for losing the games. But I don't necessarily think it's his fault. And I think I think what's really made it bad for them, so they, they, they lose to Pittsburgh. Then they get blown out by Carolina. Yeah, it doesn't look pretty. It really doesn't look pretty at all. And I mean, that was the game where Mike Evans dropped that wide open touchdown. Like you would, it would have been a six yard touchdown. Great throw by Tom Brady. Evans just drops it. Like, come on. Like, honestly, like, I know I, I've got dropsies, but there's a chance I could make that catch. Yeah. I mean, now, would you get open like that? No. no. <laughs> but if you were in that position, you know what? I might take you. I, I would take you to catch it. I mean, that's what I'm talking about, though. Evans is just underperformed to an extent, and I couldn't tell you why. He's just dropping balls that he never has in his career. Right. So now that we – I think we – what what? oh, do you – something else you want to add? I have one more team that I think – I mean, it's to the reigning AFC champions, a team that was just in the Super Bowl, what, 10 months ago? Right, the the Cincinnati uh, Bengals, they're they're sitting four and four right now. They're they're sitting at four and four. But I was talking with a friend of mine who happens to be a Bengals fan, and you know I I want to point this out to you, Ethan, and for anybody else who's listening, Cincinnati Bengals are four and four. A loss came against the Pittsburgh Steelers. That was when they didn't have their quarterback situation figured out, and when they do, arguably a bottom eight quarterback in the league, right? Would you agree? Who Steelers? Yeah. Um, right now Pickett is a bottom eight quarterback. Steelers are terrible. Like we're we're terrible. Yeah. Then you lose to the Cowboys, you go down 0-2. That's against backup Cooper Rush. You you beat the you beat the Jets and then you beat you do beat the Dolphins, but but, but both backup quarterbacks. Yeah, because Tua got hurt in that game. 
Tua got hurt, and Flacco was still in for the Jets. You lose to the Ravens. That's all right. You know what? You lose by two to the Ravens. Uh, that's, that's, Lamar, that's a loss. But but then you beat the Saints, who have backup Andy Dalton in. You beat the Falcons, who have a bottom eight quarterback in the league. And then you get and blown out by Cleveland. Yeah, you get blown out to backup quarterback Jacoby Brissett in Cleveland. So, you know, they're four and four, but there's one game there that's not against a bottom eight quarterback or a backup. Yeah, I mean, the, the, this week they play they play Carolina. I mean, this this is an important game for them, I think. And again, Carolina, another bottom eight quarterback. They then play the Steelers, another bottom eight quarterback. Then they play the Titans, the Bengals, and the Bills all in those last eight weeks. You know, I, I legitimately could see the Bengals sitting there with a losing record after being in the Super Bowl just a year ago. I mean, I, I think you could be right. Um, all right, enough with standing. Let's maybe do some midseason awards here. All right. Um, I say the easiest one's probably MVP. Where would where would you put the MVP? The, see, I'm. I think I'm gonna go. I, I'm. I think it's Josh Allen. I think Allen is the obvious choice. Um, I think Allen's the obvious choice. You know, nineteen touchdowns, only six interceptions on the year. Um, you know, he he can run the ball he's running the ball very effectively right now. Um, I, I think, and he's leading the bills to a six and one record. I think he's the clear cut choice. I mean, Jalen hurts probably is in there. I mean, Patrick Mahomes is having a good year again, so maybe throw him in there, but yeah, I think that's where you're kind of looking at if, if right now, you know, I, I agree with you there. I think those are probably your big three for the MVP race right now. You know, obviously you're not going to see a, you're not going to see a running back. You're not going to see a, a, a wide receiver or anything win that. So it is probably between those three quarterbacks. Um, Got a lot of football left to play. A lot of things can easily change. But, you know, I think that I'm going to have to agree with you that Josh Allen's that guy simply because he has a better record than Patrick Mahomes. I think statistically Patrick Mahomes is a little bit better, but I, I would agree with you on Josh Allen. Okay. Um, I guess so. Most we'll go. We'll do MVP. Then we let's do Defensive Player of the Year. Defensive one, Player of the Year. Yeah. So your midseason Defensive Player of the Year now, the reigning D Defensive Player of the Year, TJ Watts, been out, so he's not going to win it this year. I'm sure you mentioned that just to talk, call him the Defensive Player of the Year from last. Well, year. he he is. I don't. I don't. There's there's no if and or buts about it. You know he is, but. We'll, we'll keep going. Um, I don't know. Defensive player of the year. I mean. I mean, the easy pick is Aaron Donald. He's always going to be in that conversation, I mean, no maybe, matter what you want to say. I mean, Miles Garrett, maybe you can throw in that conversation, too. I mean, Micah Although, Parsons. Micah Parsons, eight sacks, 36 sacks. just who I was about to bring up. I think it's Micah's award to lose. That kid is so freaky athletic. He comes off the edge so fast. You know, he can do a little bit of coverage. He can make some open field tackles, not necessarily from in front of the, you know, the uh, offensive player. Sometimes he tracks him down from behind. I think he's the best player on defense, in my opinion. I would agree with you. I think I think Micah Parsons, Aaron Donald, Myers Garrett, big three you're kind of looking at. 
I think it's mainly between Michael Parsons and Aaron Donald. I think Miles Garrett's a little below that, but you know, if you really want to, if you really want to throw it back to our early podcast and want to put a hot take in there, I think Micah Parsons is the best chance to win league MVP since Lawrence Taylor did it on the defensive side of the ball so many years ago. I think you could be right because it was just freakish athleticism. I think, and and this is what his second year in the league, right? Just a rookie last year, so yeah, year Just two. Last year, and he's already doing this. Like, I mean, the sky's the limit for him. So I'm, and also, you know, he's also like a, a Harrisburg guy, right from where we're from. So we always like to root for him. So gotta so, love hometown kid. Good old Micah Parsons. Um, offensive player of the year. I mean, it's. What Josh Allen, Patrick Holmes again? I don't know. I think it's probably the quarterbacks. The offensive player of the year does not always go to a quarterback. That's more a little wide open. Obviously, we saw it go to Cooper Cup last year. I um, I, I might throw in Nick Chubb. 840 rushing yards, 10 touchdowns. He is doing me a very nice job at fantasy football. I'd also throw Tyreek Hill in there. I mean, he's almost a thousand yards halfway through the season. Right. Um, yeah. But only two, but only two touchdowns, whereas Stefan Diggs, 764, seven touchdowns. I mean, yes, but he's also splitting the ball with Jalen Waddle, who is in his own right a phenomenal receiver this year. So Fair. I mean, if Tyreek Hill hits 2K yards and then Waddle hits what 12K, you had a couple of touchdowns on there for Tyreek, and I think he could easily be in that conversation as well. I I would agree. But I, I don't know if I have an exact pick. I think that it's a little wide open between a couple of positions right now, to be 100% honest with you. All right. Then well, the final one, I guess we can do rookie of the year. I would have said Brees Hall on the offensive okay. side of the ball, but obviously he's hurt. Um, defensively, I think that there's a really good pick in Sauce Gardner. I, you know, I would agree. Not a huge fan of him coming out of college, if I'm going to be honest. But he's a great corner. He's got the size, the athleticism. He He's amazing. Um, I don't know. I Him, I mean, maybe Damian Pierce. I mean, Kenneth Walker the third, maybe. i huge fan of Kenneth Walker. I'm not going to lie. He is still top 20 in rushing, but... He didn't start picking up touches until, I guess, neither did Damian Pierce. So I guess there's still a chance there. I'm not 100% sold on Kenneth Walker winning simply because of when he had to come in. Receiver-wise, maybe Chris Olave, if he can keep the production up. I know Michael Thomas was just ruled out for pretty much the end of the season. So he may be their go-to guy there. Maybe. I mean, Drake London's had a solid year, too, so maybe you could throw him to the mix a little bit considering he's got Marcus Mariota as his quarterback not to be that guy but how many receiving yards does Drake London have I mean he's like in in terms of odds he's like the fourth best guy to win um offensive rookie of the year really yeah I only say that because I'm looking at the top 50 and I don't even see him in there maybe not I don't know I mean I at the beginning of the year I would have agreed with you but I guess yeah, he's only got 340. I don't know. I think it's probably between Pierce, Olave, Sauce. I don't know if there's Tariq Woolen, maybe that fourth round steal from the Seahawks. He's had a great year. 
just named uh, NFC Defensive Player of the Week, or actually, I think it was the month. Yeah, Not something. Entirely like sure. Yeah. All right. I think we should move on because we we've spent a lot of time on um the NFL. Let's let's go. Let's run through the trade deadline. Some some we'll just run through some big big things that have happened. Like you mentioned, T.J. Hawkinson going to the Vikings. I think the the tight end position has been a struggle for the Vikings for for a while now, ever since Kyle Rudolph left. So to get Hawkinson in there, I think that's that's going to be really good for them. I I am glad you bring that up because I want you to know who is the uh who used to be starting for the Vikings just this year. It was no, it wasn't. Well, this this season was Irv Smith Jr., former Alabama tight end. Uh, yeah, just yeah. Just on. I I'm not. Well, uh, all right, well, all right, all right, all right. I believe the quote was the tight end position has always been a struggle since Kyle Rudolph left. Okay. Yeah. Or, okay. Listen. Yeah. Irv Smith's okay, but like, there's better tight ends in the league. Like, let's be honest here. Good. Good job catching the slip up. Well, I barely caught that one, but yeah, T.J. Hawkinson to the um, to the Vikings. Christian McCaffrey going to the 49ers. What an interesting move that was. And you know who won? The 49ers. No. He just threw the triple crown. He got a passing, receiving, and a rushing touchdown. I don't care. That that's an offense that is. Oh, but you know what? You know what? I the Panthers did win because of the amount of draft capital they got for that guy. They got so much draft capital. McCaffrey is on a ridiculously expensive deal. And I think the biggest part that I have seen people talking about, so I won't say that most people aren't talking about it, but I think one part that a number of NFL fans forget is look at the running backs who have been in the Niners system and succeeded in the last five years. Raheem Mostert, Jeff Wilson, um, you know, when Trey Sermon was healthy, he was doing good the last, you know, year and a half from his rookie year to this Debo, year. I mean, you can throw Debo in there because he's I been mean, running Debo, the system. Um, they make any running back look good. So to overpay, to get a big contract, yeah, McCaffrey does score a number of just, touchdowns. Just, just to just to just to point out, they so the so San Fran gave up their 2020, so next year's draft, second, third, and fourth round picks, and then a fifth round pick in the year after draft. So I mean, they gave up three um higher level draft picks um in in Christian McCaffrey. I, I think well, Panthers obviously that's showing that Panthers are trying to go full rebuild mode. Um, but you know who I think also won? I think I'm I'm gonna throw the Steelers in there. I think they won getting a second round pick for Chase Claypool. See that trade, that 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 whole the whole Bears trade situation this offseason or not offseason, this uh trade deadline. It's a little interesting because think about it. So you trade Roquan Smith to the Ravens, giving them another linebacker, you know, to pair with Patrick Queen. Yep. And you do it for what a second and a fourth, right? But then you go and spend that second on Chase Claypool. So you no, that's not true. What is that? Well, no, they they did they did spend a second round, but it wasn't that one exactly. It was I know I know it's not the exact one, but you know you essentially traded a second round pick and a fourth round. You you essentially traded, um, Roquan Smith and a fourth round pick for Chase Claypool, value wise. Yikes. At 
Sure. Yeah. Maybe the second round pick for the Steelers is a maybe a little bit of a steal, but uh, I don't know about that. That that's for a <laughs> tackling machine linebacker like Roquan Smith, a Chase Claypool in a fourth. And not, and, and not to mention, they also got rid of Robert Quinn, who got traded to the Eagles. That that is, yeah. I mean, that one's a little bit different. You know, he's on the older side, but I don't know. Trade deadline. It was solid this year. I mean, because normally the trade deadline there's a lot of there's a lot of bark, not a lot of bite. Actually, one of the things that I think was kind of cra- the, probably the craziest thing that came out of the trade deadline isn't even directly a trade. It's the fact that somebody put a very small amount of money on Calvin Ridley's next team being the Jaguars, and while suspended he got traded to the jaguars and i want to say that this guy won an ungodly amount of money for what he put his bet on i'm actually going to look it up right now um to get the exact number but like it's wild you know i i did just in fact look up calvin ridley bet and that was probably yeah, that's that's probably not the not the greatest wording you can use yeah that is not um that is not the the best way to word that um but while you're looking that up i've got an interesting question for you it's about the cleveland browns yes do you think deshaun watson coming back in like week 11 or whatever is going to help them yes so you think you think he's going to go back to being the same old deshaun watson that was making an amazing place for houston what else has he been doing while he's had time off? Uh, they're, they're, Think about it. I mean, you got to remember this guy, you know, controversy aside, um, you know, you can believe what you want about him. You can believe that the league, you know, handled it well, didn't handle it well, whatever. Football-wise and only football-wise, this guy was a top-five quarterback, arguably before his suspension, before his, you know, falling apart with the uh, the Texans. What else has he been doing? He's been, you know, he's been dealing with the lawsuit, obviously, but, you know, that's a lot of time that he can be sitting there practicing as well, getting back in shape and everything. Right, but it's, um, not, with, it's not with the team. I mean, yeah, it isn't with the team, but at the end of the day, you know, maybe he won't be MVP caliber Josh Allen, Patrick Mahomes, Jalen Hurts. Maybe he won't even be, you know – a top 10 quarterback for that matter this season. But I mean, it's a guy that obviously has a lot of talent and as long as he's not like slacking off and, you know, just kind of doing his thing. I think he does make a difference for that Browns team. All right. All right. And what was, what was the bet on? Um... Couldn't find it. Okay. Couldn't find it. All right. Um, Is there anything else we want to talk about in the NFL as a whole? I think after that long breath of NFL, uh, it might be time to move on. All right. Where do we want to go? Do we want to go to college football? I say we stick with football, and uh, I, I agree to... we should move on to that college world. Let's move on to the college world. And we're not really going to get into basketball because basketball – I'm we're, we're excited. Basketball starts in, like, a couple of days, so it's, it's going to be fun. But, like, there's nothing to talk about right now. So um, – College football, man, what a time it has been um, in college football. Uh, that's all I can say, really. I mean, it's it's 
it's been probably the craziest year I can remember, if I'm being honest. All I got to say is for the people that are making the college football playoff rankings, good luck. Because I'm looking at the college football playoff rankings that did just come out this past week. And arguably there are, I don't know, maybe 10 teams that could end up possibly in the college playoffs. Like there are still 10 teams, in my opinion, that have a shot at it. And, you know, what do you do? Obviously, Tennessee's number one. They've had that breakout season, Ethan. I'm sure you are not too happy about that. I will I'll save you the pain of not talking about that crushing field goal loss. But uh, well, no, but hey, this this weekend. This weekend we have the pro- possibly quite possibly the SEC, quite possibly the college football matchup of the decade. That's not a playoff matchup, in my opinion. And everyone thought that was Tennessee, Alabama. Now it's Tennessee, Georgia. No, I think this – I think literally I, – I cannot think of the last time that I saw a more important, bigger game. I mean, the ticket sales are the most expensive on record right well, now. I think I saw the cheapest was like – 650 bucks. Yeah, near $700. Good luck so, if you want to go to that like, game. Yeah, good, yeah, you're, yeah, good luck. Um, and not to mention, there's also going to be another matchup later in the year. Ohio State and Michigan both undefeated right now. That's going to be a game too, you know. And I hate Michigan with every ounce of you know everything in my body. But you know, I I feel like a lot of Ohio State fans thought the last year was a fluke. No way they're going to beat us again. But I think the testament to the Big Ten is those two teams playing against Penn State. One team dominated, the other one waited to the last six minutes. I would not be shocked if Michigan beats them, to be 100% honest with you. I mean, it is at Ohio State, so we, so it's going to be – it's going to the crowd's going to be in Ohio State's favor, obviously. But, yeah, but on looking at the selection committee, I mean, there are 10 teams, 11 teams with one loss here that I are, mean, like, in the top 12. I'll, I'll put it this way for you. I'll, I'll give you my whole thought process. All right, so the SEC, now, is this going to happen? Who knows? If Georgia beats Tennessee this weekend, and it's a close game, and then Alabama goes to beat Georgia in the SEC championship, I don't know you're, what sitting, you you're sitting at three SEC teams with one loss, all close to each other, and they're all arguably one of the best teams in the country. That's just the SEC. That's three teams alone. Now, I think – the SEC champion would get in, regardless of who that is. I think the SEC champion. I mean, yes, obviously, if they all have one loss, I think the SEC champion gets in. I do not want that to be Alabama for uh, literally yeah. everybody except for your sake. But yeah. that's just the that's just the SEC. Go over to the Big Ten. If Michigan has a close loss to Ohio State or vice versa, and then they win the Big Ten, it's hard to say that that Big Ten team with one loss doesn't deserve the college football playoffs. So, so they're expanding to 12 next year. And I I wish it was this year. Yeah, I, they, 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 I almost wish they just say like, all right, we got so many good teams. Let's just do it 12 this year. I Let's agree with you. Let's just do it this year. Because we just named off five teams that if things play out the way that I said, you know, they it, it could happen. Not and to not mention even, the fact 
You got Clemson, who's undefeated and might go undefeated ACC champs. You have TCU, who's undefeated, might go undefeated Big 12 champs. And then you're probably going to have a one-loss Big or Pac-12 champ, whether it's UCLA, USC, or Oregon. Yeah, not to mention, you got Ole Miss only at one loss, too. I have a feeling that they will lose another game. I think I think I'm hoping Bama can beat them. I mean, I guess if not, then replace if they do happen to beat Alabama in Mississippi. Well, no, we gotta beat we gotta beat LSU first. Yeah, you know, Alabama doesn't have it easy. They they really don't. But you know, to that point, I guess you can replace Alabama with LS. I don't think you can get a two. I if LSU some somehow is the um SC West. Yeah, if, if that is the SEC West representative, I don't think they get in the college football playoffs, even if they win the SEC championship. Oh, I think I think they'd put Tennessee and Georgia in. I think if Alabama won loss wins the SEC championship, I think Alabama's in. But I think if Ole Miss beats Alabama and is a one loss team and then beats Georgia in the SEC championship, replace my earlier statement with uh Ole Miss instead of Alabama. I think they get into they're a good program. Legitimately, we just named off eleven teams that have a shot at the uh, at the the college football playoffs. Hey, I'm going to throw this out here. Illinois only has one loss. I was just looking at it to be a hundred percent. You know, I was I was just looking at it. They're not out of there either. If they can, even, I mean, even North Carolina, they only have one loss. Yeah, I mean UNC. If they go in there, they beat Clemson. They win the ACC. They may get screwed over if that SEC situation happens because I don't know if they would put UNC in over all those sec teams but they're in it too i mean without a doubt i think you got to at least put their name up there i think those are probably the only teams that legitimately have a shot anymore i think this year this year like normally every year you can kind of get a sense of who the four teams are going to be maybe maybe you have a a fifth maybe you have a sixth but 12 13 teams that's ridiculous we're 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 eight weeks into the season and you still have 12 13 teams in contention like whoever they put in that top four at the end of the year there's going to be a lot of controversy about it this year a hundred percent i i 100 agree with you i mean to the point i think that of the three Pac-12 teams, only one of them has a shot, and that's whoever wins the Pac-12 championship. So yeah, no, yeah, I would agree. I think SEC. I mean, there could if they put three, they they there's a legitimate shot they put three teams in from the SEC. It could happen, but you would need to see disastrous things happen to both TCU and Clemson, in my opinion. You cannot put a third SEC team in the college football playoffs if you have two undefeated conference champions in Power Five. Right. So I think whoever wins the SEC championship, unless it's like LSU, unless I, the two lost team, yes. Unless if it's if, if a one loss team wins the SEC championship, they're in. Uh, that it's that's just how it is. I think, and I think one of Michigan and Ohio State gets in. Um, the Big, the think, Big Ten champion, I'd say. The Big Ten champion, because if, if Illinois somehow wins that, they may put them in. I mean, but then does that pose the question of do you take Big Ten champion Illinois, which sounds unbelievably weird because yeah. who would have ever guessed? What do you do with one loss Ohio State or one loss Michigan? Their only loss is going to be to the Big Ten, t- Big Ten champ. Maybe we should expand it 
maybe we should spend like 16 or 20 at this point. I don't know. I say just I say screw it. I mean, the competition has been unreal this year. Yeah. You've, I mean, you've also got there are good teams that will not have a shot at making the college rule playoff. I think Utah is good. I think Penn State is good. LSU yeah. is good. Kansas yeah. State. There are so many good teams this year that, you know, maybe maybe not all of them are legitimate national championship contenders. But, hey, throw in 16 teams, I'm not opposed to it at all. I'm not either. But we'll keep you updated on that. Obviously, big weekend this week in Tennessee, Georgia, and also Alabama LSU because that could decide a lot of things in the SEC West as well. So be on the lookout for the SEC West or just the SEC in general um, this weekend because – Two huge games. I will say one thing. One thing, uh, I don't know if you're planning on moving on, but before we do, who's the Heisman winner for you right now? In my opinion, it's Hendon Hooker. There is no way, like, I don't, like, right this second, I think it's Hendon Hooker. The dude has been a freaking machine all year. I mean, he, 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 I mean, they. I'll. I'll be the first to say they killed Al. He killed Alabama. He like dotted them up. It was. It was insane. I mean, he's got twenty-one touchdowns and one pick. Like, and don't get me wrong. Like C.J. Stroud. Like, C.J. Stroud's having a great year. Bryce Young's having a great year, but not like Hendon Hooker. Um, what? Did you just sneak in Bryce Young? Not that he's having a bad year, but he missed a game. I understand that. Well, I'm you just saying, can't. like, I'm I'm saying they're the three top quarterbacks in the league. Like, let's be real. That's top three. You can tell Talent wise, yes. Talent wise, wise, I don't I think know. so. And I don't think Bryce would win anyway, because it's hard to win two Heisman's anyway. Actually, I would disagree with you. I would I would say that Caleb Williams has arguably been better than Bryce Young this year. Talent-wise, though, overall, possibly, like, like who's possibly. gonna get who's gonna get drafted before first? Bryce Young's gonna get drafted before Caleb Williams every day of the week. Not even a question. I don't know about that. I mean, one, they're they're gonna be in different draft classes, so we'll never get the answer to that. Yeah. But I don't know. I mean, I don't know. I think that if Caleb Williams was to go out, if they were in the same draft class and went this year, and Caleb Williams won the Heisman. Right. Yeah, Bright, okay, yeah, Hendon Hooker's 21 and 1, Bryce Young 18 and 3. Yeah, but he missed the game. Yeah, imagine if he didn't miss a game. Could have had the worst game of his career. It's, you know, what ifs. I hate to be that guy. I, I promise you, I'm not hating on you because you're an Alabama fan for once. Well, but, but to be fair, CJ Stroud 29 and 4. Oh, you, can't, you can't miss a game. I know. No, you, no, yeah. What is Caleb like? Twenty okay, twenty four and one. That's pretty good. But he's got the best, like one of the best wide receivers in the league. Having a good team is not an argument. You mean one wide receiver on Alabama? Uh, JoJo Earl. Okay, he's he's terrible, and you know that. <laughs> um, I mean, I couldn't tell you. I mean, yes, but, like, you can't penalize a guy for having good receivers. I understand that. I understand that, but would, I'm saying – Right, would Bryce Young have not won – like, say 
I mean, think about it, though. Like, don't the wide receivers have good stats if the quarterback is a Heisman contender? Yeah. Okay, yes. But Caleb Williams already has a proven, like, the, the best wide receiver probably in uh, – the best wide receiver maybe in this draft class, I'll say. In I Jordan mean, yes. Yes, but Bryce Young had Devontae Smith and – No, he didn't. He didn't? Who did he have? He had Mechie and Jameson Williams. That's still, like, but no, my, my point is, like, guys that with Joe Burrow had Jamar Chase and Justin Jefferson. Yeah. That's Does right. he do the same thing with a better, with a worse wide receiver? Did Justin Jefferson and Jamar Chase just benefit from the fact that Joe Burrow's good? Yeah, no, that's fair. But I, I think I think talent-wise, I think Bryce Young's more talented. I think it's close. I won't disagree. I won't agree. I think, in my opinion, going back to the original question of who wins the Heisman, I think it comes down to final record. When it's all said and done this year, if Hendon Hooker has an undefeated record, it is without a question Hendon Hooker. Now here's the question. What if both Ohio State and Tennessee have undefeated records? Hooker. You think you take Hooker over Stroud? I do. I think that he's played better. Okay. I think he's played better competition. I think that that that's why I think the record means so much to it. Is the better competition? Yeah, that's true. Because Ohio State, I mean, who have they who have they played? They've played Penn State. That's a good team. I'll give them that. Notre Notre Dame, they were good, but Notre Dame's been, I mean, crazily up and down this year. It's questionable, but then you have five wins against teams that don't have 500 records in the Big Ten, and Iowa, who is 500, now they have a good defense, but their offense is literally worse than the Steelers, which I don't even know how that's possible. But, you know, to my point, I think that if as long as the Vols don't mess up, I think, and I think this Georgia game, if he dominates this Georgia defense, you got to give him the Heisman. Without a question. I don't see, unless, unless something happens in the following weeks, Hendon Hooker could win himself the Heisman this weekend. I think you could too. I really do. I think if he plays well, because they play Missouri, South Carolina, and Vanderbilt. And if, 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 I mean, the only issue is, if they beat Georgia, they might be in a point where they may bench him at halftime then against those teams. But to bench him at halftime, he has to have good stats. You know, they're not going to bench him at okay. a 14. I understand game. that, but like he just won't be, he probably won't be in those last three games. He probably won't be playing like full intensity the full game. Yes. Whereas Ohio State, like CJ Stroud, I mean, they've got, I mean, uh, Northwestern, Indiana, Maryland, then Michigan. I mean, yes, Michigan, but Maryland's good too. Trap game. Maryland's six and two, trap game. I mean, but to your point of Stroud or to your point of Hendon Hooker not playing super full intensity three of the last four games, Hendon Hooker's Georgia is CJ Stroud's Michigan. That's fair. All right. Yeah. Yeah. No, I get it. I get it. Yeah. I don't know. Hooker's my favorite right now. So you don't even consider any like, other, any position other than the quarterback for Heisman? Nobody's got good enough stats, I don't think. What about Hooker's wide receiver, Jaden Hyatt? 
Yes, but Harrison Jr. I think we've seen it to the point where unless the stats are unbelievable numbers like Devonta Smith, that the wide receiver is not going to win. Yeah. All right. All right. Well, I mean, so tune in the next couple of weeks, like in college football, it's going to be insane. Like sure. it's going to be, I'm going to be watching every as many games as possible. It's going to be so fun. I'm so excited. And then college basketball starting. Oh my gosh. It's like, Christmas greatest time of the year. It is the greatest time of the year. So, um, do we want to move into the NBA, or do you have anything you else you want to add in college football land? Um, I think I'm fine. I think we've probably talked literally everybody else's ears off. So, yeah, we, we should probably we maybe move this along a little quicker because I think we've done an hour just about football. So, um, but it's good. I mean, it's good. We're, we're just we're we're catching up. That's as we always do. So that's an understatement. That is an understatement. All right, let's move to the NBA. Um, yeah, the season, I mean, it just started. So, I mean, I'm not really out here making too many um, bold predictions or conclusions yet about anyone. Um, I will say this is the Utah Jazz Show, my friend. You cannot deny a six and three record with trading Donovan Mitchell and Rudy Gobert. You can't deny it, but at the same time, you know, talk to me in February, talk to me in March. Fair. That's fair. I will give I mean, you that. I mean, as a, as a West Virginia student, it pains me to say, but you know how many times I heard people say, oh my gosh, we're 11 and one coming out of conference play. We're 12 and one, we're 13 and one, whatever that record was coming into conference play. And, um, you know, just look at the record from last year. It wasn't pretty. So, you know, I, I wouldn't say get your hopes up. I'm not, I'm not discrediting what the Jazz have been able to do through nine games, but it's an 82 game season for a reason. That is true. So, I mean, like, I'm not, we're not making too many bold, like, predictions. You know, I just, I kind of said that more as a joke because if you've listened before, um, you know about the Utah Jazz show. It's a, it's a age old tradition, I guess. You, you, you would, you'd have to throw it back a year or so for that one. Yeah. No, we even, like, no, honestly, to the start of the podcast. That's like, the in, first episode time. Two or three, in episode two or three, I think you got called out for, the utah jazz show so i, I honestly might say it might have been one it could have been one it might have been one so if you've been there since that um thank you and also uh yeah let's move on um <laughs> um i yes yeah, so, i mean there's just not too much to talk about really in the nba i mean like you said talk we'll talk in february about this because we'll have a lot more better gauge of where teams are at you know we'll see we'll see what's going on um any, I, do you want to anything? I think there are two teams other than the Jazz because, you know, I joke with you, but rightfully so. It is, I, I will give you credit. It, it is unexpected. I won't say impressive because impressive would be impressive would be 25 and 10. That'd be yeah. impressive to me. However, it is unexpected. So I will give you a right there. But I do think two of the unexpected things uh, for teams that are not so good is 
The Brooklyn Nets, sitting at 2-6, and six, just fired Steve Nash, as well as LeBron James and his Los Angeles Lakers sitting at 2-5. and five. I mean, if you want to throw Warriors are 3-6. and six. Yeah, I mean, to be fair, the defending champs are 3-6. and six. They are sitting at a, you know, 0.33 record. Um, yeah, so let's let's run th- we can run through each of those teams. The Nets. I mean, there's a lot of turmoil going on. We're not gonna get into it, but there's a lot of turmoil going on. Um, I don't know if Steve Nash is necessarily the problem there, but I think it's just it's just it's too much. It it's it worked well for LeBron and Kyrie, it worked well for Steph and Clay and Draymond and for us a little bit, you know, Kevin Durant, but I don't know. I feel like that big three in Brooklyn, you know, whether you include James Harden over the past couple of years, or you throw Ben Simmons in there or, you know, what five games of Ben Simmons you've seen in the last year and a half. I don't know. I feel like it wasn't destined to fail, but it was one of those ones where you're like, is it really going to work? And obviously it hasn't. Um, Steve Nash is the one that gets, you know, eventually the repercussions for that. I mean, let's let's remember, Katie requested a trade in the summer. Harden requested a trade. I mean, he got his, but you know why? It's because of you. Like, I'm not. I'm. I'm saying this seriously. It's because of the Rudy Gobert trade. The haul that they gave up for Rudy Gobert, that the Timberwolves gave. Like, how much would you have to give up for Kevin Durant? A ridiculous amount. You'd have to give up your whole team, pretty much. Pretty much, yeah. You might as well kiss the next season goodbye because it's not going to be Kevin Durant versus five players. Exactly. So we'll move on. Lakers. This is an interesting one. I I think, who do you blame this on? I don't know. And that's that, that's kind of the reason why I wanted to bring them up. I don't, I I cannot put a finger to it. I mean, they started the year 0-5. Now they're on a two-game win streak and yeah, they beat the Lakers, and yeah, they beat the Pals, which are two good teams. Don't get me wrong, but... And guess who they play tonight? They they do, in fact, play the Jazz in Los Angeles. This is this will be an interesting matchup. I'm actually excited. I'm going to be watching, but um, I'm sorry I keep bringing up Utah. It just kind of, like, circulates in. But um, I don't know what's going on with the Lakers. I really don't. I mean, I, I don't either. You're 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 looking at a team where it's two superstars are doing what it's supposed to, dropping 20 points, dropping 25 points a night. You know, Davis and LeBron are averaging 20 and a half rebounds together. Lonnie Walker is playing is he a sixth man? I don't know. Is he coming off the bench? No, no, never mind. He's started all seven games. Lonnie Walker's breaking out then. He's not six man. He's breaking out. 16 no, points a game. No, Russell's six man right now. Yeah, that, that is right. Russell Westbrook is six man. But my, my point being is where is it going wrong? Is it the defense? You know where it's going wrong. They're dead last in three-point percentage. They're only shooting 26.7% from the three. They've only made 65 three-point shots all year, which is also dead last in the league. But you're, but you're still scoring. No, you're not. You're 28th in points scored at 107 points a game. You're 28th in field goal percentage at 43.2% a game. I mean, but I don't know. It, I, I still – but who is that on? Like, who – that's the thing you can't like I, the stats say they're not good offensively but you, you don't necessarily know who you're supposed to pinpoint it on 
I mean, is it LeBron James who's shooting twenty two percent? I mean, that I think, you know, that's I bad. think this is this is the Lakers is this is one talk to me in February. I agree. If they're, still, if they're still bad, I think we'll have a little more clarity as to what's going on right I mean, now. It's you, like, you want to know how bad it is? There are two Lakers that are shooting above thirty. There's three Lakers shooting above thirty percent right now from three. You want to take a guess who those three are without looking I, at the stats? I don't know. I, I, I looked at them. It's it's Matt, Matt Ryan and Austin Reeves. I said three. Who's the other one? A little guard out of Michigan State, Max Christie. What? Max Christie is shooting 100% from three. Hey, you know, he's not showing up on Yahoo Sports here. I don't know if he exists. Hate to break it to you, but he is, in fact, 100% from three. Now, he's only played in two games, and he uh, had two minutes, and he hit one three-pointer, but... Hey, there you go. 100% from three. Then we'll move on real quick to the Warriors. I mean, I, again, I'm not too sure here. I mean, it is an aging team. I guess the same can be said for the Lakers to an extent, but not nearly as much as the Warriors. I mean, they just won the championship. Yeah, I mean, you shouldn't be three and six after just winning the championship. And they're they're not necessarily great losses. You've got one to the Magic. You have one to the Pistons. You know, the Nuggets, sure. The Hornets. The Hornets, without the Hornets are, are without LaMelo. Yeah. Yeah, no, I mean, the losses are not great there, too. Like, it's not like they're in every. It's not like they're losing to, like, Milwaukee by two points or something. Yeah, I mean, especially the Pistons and the Magic, two complete rebuild teams. You beat the Kings by five. That's another team that's kind of borderline playoff rebuild bubble team, I would say. Mm -hmm. I don't know. I really don't know. I'm not going to get into any, oh, my gosh, this team's going to win. This team's going to be the number one pick. Yeah, we'll, we'll, get into that. we'll talk in February about all this. Yeah, I mean, and at the end of the day, that's really all that I can think of with the NBA. There's not, there's not too much. I mean, I guess I really don't know anything about the NHL. I mean, I don't know if you've been keeping track of it, really. I will admit I am a little off my mark. It's, but you know, to the extent it is the yeah. same thing as the NBA. It started around the same time. There are about ten games. Yeah, in. We'll be a lot more like we'll have a lot more answers for both NBA and NHL teams come, let's say February. Right around when both like all star breaks and all that stuff, we'll have a lot more like clarity about what teams are, what teams aren't, if they're good, if they're not. We'll get all that. We'll have all those answers then. Yeah, I, I don't know if I could even tell you one thing other than the fact that the Penguins seem to love to blow leads. I, I, I have noticed that. Yes, but I think that's good for the NHL. I mean, I guess we can talk about the ML. Uh, are we good in the NFL, NHL or? I think we are. I mean, there's there's really not much right about now. Cool. All right, so we'll move to. I guess we'll talk, we'll touch on the MLB. I mean, we don't know much about the MLB, but World Series: Phillies and Astros. Astros are up three games to two. Going back to Houston, I mean, Phillies need to Phillies need to win away. This is this is going to be a tough. This is going to be that's a tough ask. 
I mean, hey, you just saw you just saw the first ever combined no hitter in World Series history. I think there's been a no hitter before. But well, I don't you know, know it's crazy. Like the most home runs in like World Series history by the Phillies, or like one of the most, and then you go right to a combined no hitter. Quite frankly, I don't like either team. I'll put it out there. You know, yeah, I'm, I'm not. Yeah, I'm not. I'm. Not, I mean, I I prefer the Phillies to win because it's PA and Astros have those scandals in the past and all that stuff. So I don't really like the Astros to begin with, but see, but I feel like the statement that it is PA goes against every moral of being a Pittsburgh fan. I understand that. But at the end of the day, like at the end of the day, do you really want a Philadelphia city that has an undefeated football team and a world series and an MLS chip? You want to get into soccer? What? There's a shot that the Union win the MLS. Dude, I can't believe it. And the Sixes are going to be good this year. Like, it's uh, – good news is we have the Flyers, at least. Well, no, the good news is that they have the Flyers. Yeah, because they're bad. Um, yeah, yeah, let's just skip over Philly sports for now. We'll, we'll, we'll touch on it maybe. Uh, maybe. I don't, who knows? But um, I do. Where where do we want to go? Soccer, I guess. I mean, soccer is fine with me. I mean, I know we don't usually touch on the MLS, but it is Championship Weekend, and I did just bring up the Philadelphia Union. Who are they playing again? Remind me. LAFC, which you know, there's actually a really funny clip where a reporter asks oh, one of LAFC's so LAFC's uh players, and he goes, "How's it feel to be?" you know, a member of Philly sports and the guy goes, well, I don't play for the union. So you should ask them. That was, that reporter is probably not going to have a job. Um, <laughs> come tomorrow, the next day. Yeah. MLS, LAFC, Philly union going to be, going to be a good matchup. I'll probably, I'll you know, maybe tune in a little bit. We'll see. Um, again, um, a lot of the European leagues season, I mean, it's not early, but it's still kind of early. We aren't Arsenal. even the halfway, so I would agree with you there. I mean, it's not. Arsenal, it's not I mean, Arsenal's been looking good. I, I, I would say, Arsenal looks good. I think if we really want to talk about European soccer, I think we should go to the Champions League. That's my opinion. I, I think that things are pretty straightforward for the big five. You know, Arsenal's up top the Prem. Um, Napoli's having a great season this past, you know, this year. They were unbeaten up until their last Champions League game. Um, so they're sitting atop Serie A. Um, La Liga, it's your standard. You know, it, it's it's Real Madrid, it's Barcelona, it's Atletico, even though they're eight points back from second place. Um, well, hey, uh, there is a little news there. Gerard Piquet is retiring after this match. So a club legend. It's crazy. He just announced it yesterday. Like, oh yeah, I'm playing one more match, then I'm done. Which I mean, fair enough. I mean, what a what a great player over the past 10, 15 years. I mean, just a truly one of the best center backs we'll probably ever see. Ah, no, I, would, I I think he, he's he in that conversation 100. He was he was amazing. I mean, he he won thirty trophies with Barcelona. That's the that, that's tied for, I believe, the most or second most in club history. And we're talking about Barcelona, you know, the Barcelona from, I would say Spain, but they're technically not from the normal part of Spain. Yeah, well, yeah, well, well, technicality. We'll move on. Um, yeah, but I think we'll look at the Champions League. Um, 
group. So Napoli and Liverpool from Group A, Porto and Club Bruges from um, Group B, Bayern Munich and Inter from Group C. Barca was in that group. Barca did not make it, just to point out. Um, Tottenham and Eintracht Frankfurt from Group D. I don't know. Who knows if I said that right? Group E, Chelsea Milan. Group F, um, Real and RP Leipzig. And Group G, Man City and Dortmund. So not really too many you surprises really there. The biggest, you missed the biggest group. Oh, and Group H, excuse me, Benfica and PSG, no Juventus. How did you miss the one group? I didn't didn't throw down enough. Yahoo Sports? No, it's it's not Yahoo. I'm not on Yahoo Sports. No, or I should say Piemonte Calcio. Uh, That's a a classic joke, too. Um, That's that's another low light of the podcast. (laughs) Yeah. But yeah, so that's that's what it's looking at going to the knockout stage. It's gonna be a, I think it's gonna be exciting. I mean, I think there's a few things that I'd like to touch on. I mean, we know our soccer, I think, better than we do our baseball, and then obviously, you know, soccer a good bit better than you know your hockey. So, I don't think Group A is too surprising, right? Would you agree? I would agree. Okay, Group B. You have two big five clubs, and you have two clubs that are from Belt. Well, you have a club from Belgium, and you have a club from Portugal. Don't get me wrong. Club Bruges and Porto, I believe, both have Champions League titles to their names. But we're talking about the third best team in Spain, and we're talking about one of the best teams in Germany, and neither one of them qualified, and by a pretty decent margin. A little shocked there. Indeed. I mean, Group C, he mentioned Barca's out. That was a little bit of a tough group. I mean, B- Bayern went Bayern went undefeated. I think they were the only team to do it. Uh, yes, I think so. So, you know, props to them. And then I guess it, it does make sense that, you know, Inter and Barcelona were pretty big, pretty big games there. I think the, the biggest part was the fact that Inter got that 1-0 win against Barcelona. So... You know, that that's that's their group D. I don't think that there's too much of a too much of a uh surprise, I guess you could say there. It's yeah. it's Tottenham versus three decent sides, you know, good sides, but I'm not too terribly shocked. I know there's a little bit of late, late group drama there, but at the end of the day, I'm not too shocked. Chelsea and Milan, not awfully shocked there. Leipzig yeah, and Madrid. Not shocked. City and Dortmund, not shocked. I mean, ben, Benfica winning that Group H. And that's a little Juventus out. Well, and well, he wasn't even close. Juventus only had three points. And, I mean, shout out to the uh, Maccabee Haifa, I'm, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to guess. They beat Juventus. And it wasn't like 1-0. It was 3-1. It was 3-1. Hey, there we go. Also, shout out Josh Cohen. Um, You know who that is? I do not know who that is. That is the U.S.-born Maccabee Haifa goalie. There there you go. That's that's the stat of the day for you. Um, Yeah, so knockout stages are coming up. It's going to be very exciting to watch, I think. I would agree with you. I definitely will uh, be paying attention to the games that I can. 
All right. Now, I think let's, we, we're going to get into what we were going to touch on, what we said we were going to touch on later, the World Cup. We're not going to talk about it in this episode. That, that, is, that is a fact. We have, we're going to be coming out with a special World Cup preview um, in the coming days after this. Um, and we've got a very special guest um, that JR knows all very well. Yeah, um, Ethan, I will give you credit where credit's due. You're actually the one that mistook the Adam that I was originally talking about for the Adam that you know. Um, and he gave me the great idea of my buddy Adam Weatherhold, huge soccer fan. Um, and yeah, we're going to bring him on. We're going to do a little World Cup preview here in a week or two uh, before the 20th, which is obviously the opening games of the World Cup. Going to bring him on, talk a little bit about the World Cup. Uh, and yeah, that's definitely one that you don't want to miss because obviously the World Cup only comes every four years. And when we say Adam's a soccer fan, he's a like he knows a lot more about soccer than you and me probably. He definitely knows his things. I will give a, I'm sure, I'm sure he is ecstatic about the fact that he is a Gunners fan. So, um, uh, yeah, he is yeah. sitting top of the league. I'm sure he will mention that, but yeah. Everton and Leicester are near the bottom. <laughs> that we are. I do not want to particularly talk about it, but um, we'll yeah, no, that. we'll be bringing him on for a podcast. I think that, you know, as we get back into the loop of things, and I mean it this time, I think we're going to try and actually keep up with these noobs podcasts in between. Now, our- I take that with a grain of salt because we, we always say it, and, you know, you know, we ever, we all know how this goes, but we'll, we'll, we'll considering the circumstances you know we're in school and all that stuff we're going to try our absolute hardest to, to put up some more stuff and yeah and you know i i was kind of thinking like that it would be a super long episode to put the world cup in why not make an episode dedicated to the world cup i think i think it'll just be a really fun time i'm i'm yeah. super excited for it. it's gonna be so it's gonna be fun so and please make sure you tune into that one yeah and i mean piggybacking off of that like i think that something that we could start doing is you know, obviously there are going to still be interviews. We'll do those every, you know, as often as we possibly can. It is obviously tough to, you know, get in contact with athletes sometimes. But, you know, in that meantime, I keep doing the news podcast. And just like we are with Adam, I think that, you know, we might bring on some new faces. I know that we haven't introduced one of our new team members, Max Shearer, quite yet. I'm sure we'll bring him on here sometime in the future. And, um, yeah, you might get to hear a few different voices than just me and Ethan's. I know that's really all you've been able to hear in podcasts yeah. for the last year or so. We could be getting a, a pretty tired of our voices, so we're, we're, we're going to try to mix it up a little bit. Yeah, I mean, we'll, we'll bring some energy. Uh, as Ethan said, Adam is a pretty good big soccer fan. He is very passionate about the game, so he'll bring some energy to the podcast. We'll yeah. definitely keep doing that. I mean, I'll, I'll, I'll say this. I mean, so I went to West Virginia to go catch a soccer game um, and a football game um, a couple of weeks ago. Great experience. I mean, they didn't win either, so I'm kind of a curse down there now. But um, at that soccer game, Adam was screaming his head off. It was it was it was honestly amazing to watch. So I'm, I'm excited to have him on. Needless to say, shout out Adam Weatherhold. You guys will get to meet him here in a couple of weeks. Well, I mean, is there anything else we want to talk about? Or I think I, I think we kind of got basically everything. I don't know if there's really anything else we want to cover. I don't know if there's anything else that anybody wants us to cover because we have been talking here for about an hour and a half. Um, well, uh, once again, apologies um, for the uh, the long podcast, but 
Um, you know, in, in all seriousness, though, I think we did hit the nail on everything. It was long. It was lengthy. But, you know, a lot of people care about football. There's a lot of football going on. We hit the World Series. We hit the preview of basketball. I mean, we didn't really talk about college basketball. But after this Monday, I think we'll have a little bit more to say, uh, the both of us, respectively, with, I believe, does Duke play on Monday? They do play on Monday. They play right. Jacksonville, I think. All right. I mean, I mean. You know, we'll have a little more to say about college basketball, a little less to say about, you know, baseball and stuff as things wrap up and get. Yeah, because baseball baseball will be over this weekend, regardless, like, of who wins and all that. So baseball is baseball's pretty much done. Um, And then college basketball starts. And like we said, this is the most fun time of the year when, like, basketball, both basketball, both football are on. So exciting to watch. It's it's a great time. I will uh before we hit the outro, I will shout out uh West Virginia women's soccer making it to the Big 12 championships this Sunday. You're laughing, Ethan, but we haven't won since 2018. I'm applauding the effort. Good job. Because you because if they don't know, you you are the team manager of that West Virginia. Oh, yeah, I do in fact uh help out the team occasionally. So very excited to see what this Sunday holds for my West Virginia women's soccer team. All right. I, I think we'll, let's end it with that and we'll we'll talk about that um, on the next episode. For sure. For sure. All righty. So for Double FM Sports, I'm Ethan Fager. And I'm J.R. Miserak. And we're signing off.